Welcome to a special episode 18 of the Dealers Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly, and I say special because we just got past Father's Day. Actually, Father's Day was yesterday, and I'd like to give a shout out to all the dads out in auto dealer world and related vendors and industry partners. Dealerships are family businesses in a lot of cases, which is why I enjoy working in the industry because it's kind of an industry that's based in legacy. And you think about it, there aren't too many industries that are like that anymore. And I think it's often overlooked in auto dealer world that these are family businesses in many cases. And if they're not now, at one point they were family businesses and the successes that are in place come from one family's vision and either the kind of patriarch or the matriarch of the family having a vision to build a company. And oftentimes they're handed down to children and grandchildren, sometimes great-grandchildren at this point in the game. The industry's old. So I think that's worth mentioning that there's just a lot of good and I think a lot of people that are in the industry, aside from all the stigmas and you know the things that we talk about fighting as far as the stigmas of a salesman or a car salesman, the truth is underneath most of that is that these are family businesses and families who care for one another and work hard together. And that's why I think that a lot of these dealerships do have a lot of legacy vestment in them. We talk about turnover a lot and that surely is the case. But as you go higher up in the ranks, I think a lot of times you do see that there's family at the center. So we are going to talk today about father figures and auto dealers. And this doesn't really just apply to families or dads. Um, That'd be a a smaller demographic of our already small, localized, specific podcast. But we are going to talk about some acquisition activity. It's a hot topic. People are talking about acquisitions. They're talking about dealer groups getting bigger and the largest groups representing an overall larger position in the market, in the overall car market. And so I thought it was a great opportunity to just talk about the few things that I'm seeing out there as far as three types of dealers and what's happening in acquisition activity. We're seeing a major ramp up. 2015, 2016, 2017, acquisition activity has ramped up incredibly. So we've had over 200 acquisitions in all three of those years. So over 200 acquisitions in 2015, 2016, 2017. And let me just tell you something. Like right now, it is June 2018. So if anyone ever goes back and listen, it's June 2018 right now. And in the last two weeks alone, we've had 13 acquisitions. That's two weeks, 13 acquisitions. And I didn't do this ahead of time. So pull up my calculator. And if I go 13, it's two weeks. So we'll multiply that by 26, which is half of a year. So 13 acquisitions in the last two weeks. At that pace, it would be 338 acquisitions this year. Now, we're not going to hit 338 this year, but I think that's just indicative of the curve starting to get steeper on dealership acquisitions. So we had an opportunity to go out and talk with Dale Pollock out at his uh, out of V Auto headquarters in Chicago a few weeks ago, and we sat down with him, and we were just chatting. And we're going to air that interview and and you know clips of it on the podcast, and we're going to have a lot of great video content because we filmed the whole thing. We took a small film crew out there. I asked him. I'm going to give you a spoiler right now, but when I one of the last questions I asked him. So here's here's the finale. I, there's a lot of great information. So but last thing I said, in 12 months from now, what are we going to look back? and realize happened. You know what he said? Yeah, you probably guessed it. He said acquisition activity is going to increase at a rate we haven't seen. So that's Dale's call on what's going to happen. He said, you know, the curve is going to get even steeper. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know we talk a lot about margin compression. 
you know, we talk about efficiency at scale. So those things are what's driving this acquisition activity is that margin compression is continuing. It's not going to let up. It's not going to get easier. And therefore, dealerships have to figure out how to make their business work in a margin compressed environment. And a lot of times, a great answer to that and a solution is efficiency of scale. And that means better systems, better processes. I would suggest more sophistication when it comes to marketing, advertising, branding, storytelling on social platforms. It's a level of sophistication and efficiency that is very, very, very difficult to achieve unless you have some level of scale and resources to pool and really deploy against these problems. So 13 in the last two weeks, each individual year had over 200 for the last three years. So what's it going to be over the next 12 months? I think we're going to have a record year. It seems like we're heading that way. All the indicators point to a record year of acquisitions. And it's good to be in a place where we, those who listen to this podcast, I, who am creating the podcast, get to be part of the solution, get to be part of the front end of that and helping the uh, industry get better together. So I've been thinking about this in, in terms of Father's Day, but also in terms of acquisitions and the types of dealer groups I see out there. And I really came up with three types of dealers or three positions that most, I would say 95%, I don't actually, I don't know if you could not be in one of these three groups. So maybe it encompasses 100%. I just hate saying an absolute. Um, so I don't know if it's an absolute disclaimer, but three types of dealerships or dealer mentalities going into these next season, going into this next year, these next five years where acquisitions are picking up. We're going to talk about uh, three types. Okay. So there's one, type A. Type A is the dealer people might explain him as old school, maybe even a little stubborn, right? This is the dealer who's going to say, ah, I've weathered a lot of storms. I'm going to hang in there and I'm going to try to weather this one too. Likely this dealer is older, probably in their 60s, maybe 70s, maybe 80s at sometimes because it's a, it's a tough breed that runs a car dealership. And they're saying, I'm going to hang on, right? These young guys don't know what's going on with the car business. I've, you know, I've seen more in half of my life than they've seen thus far in their entire life. And they're going to try to hang on, type one. Type two is those who are going to be acquired. So those who already have been acquired or are looking to get scooped up by a larger group, a local group, or a national group, you know, uh, like, a, like an AutoNation or a Lithia, or maybe some other private equity group. And there's a lot of them entering the market kind of on a monthly basis, it feels like. So third option, those dealers who have been grooming the next generation to take over. And a lot of times dealers who are grooming the next generation had themselves been groomed by their parents, their fathers, their mothers, and they're going to do the same thing. They were able to adapt and change. And surely the generation that is in place now about to transition into the younger generation, these are dealers who saw immense change as the internet age came upon us. They adapted from print to digital you know, they were faxing things back in the day. Now they're emailing. And so they went through a massive, massive, massive transition. They are battle hardened. They are wartime generals and they've groomed the next generation to be wartime generals. And they believe that the legacy of the business is going to continue on as a family business. So three types, those are going to hang on. Those are going to be acquired and those who are going to pass it off onto the next generation that they've been preparing for this moment. So let me just offer a few thoughts on each of those categories. And the entire desire of this podcast is that you would start thinking about your situation and maybe considering some new ideas that will possibly position you better for success. We want to see everybody make it. 
We want to see the industry thrive. We want to see the industry continue on to be a staple of the economy and to provide for all the people that rely on it for income and well-being and a livelihood. I believe, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, I believe that even in an Amazon and a Carvana world where everyone's you know, trying to take a different approach to make the consumer happy and deliver the product and services in a way the consumer is excited about and enjoys engaging with. And I believe that there is no group of people more capable of delivering that experience, both to the customer and to the employees, than the local dealership that's paying attention to localized trends and mentalities and mindsets. Because these dealers are in the community, they're part of it, they understand the language, they understand what matters. So if they're paying attention to modern communication and storytelling and positioning themselves well, and I'm not talking about you know shouting at them on a on a radio commercial, or you know just sending crap marketing material through that just gets noisy and tiresome. If they're paying attention, they should win. That's my premise. That local dealers should have the most advantage when it comes to communicating to the customers, especially locally. So on that premise, let's go and I'll give you some thoughts on the three types of dealers. So first type, Mr. Dealer, who's going to hang on. You've seen tough times, you've seen change, and you're convinced you're going to be able to hold on. Maybe you will. However, you're only going to hold on, I feel like, if you're really willing to be flexible because the era that we're in is unlike any era we've seen before. Therefore, you're going to have to think differently and act differently, employ different types of people, market differently than you ever had to in the past. And maybe you're just trying to hang on until like you just can't do it anymore because it's part of who you are and your identity and it's what you want to do. And if that's the case, then Mazel Tov. However, I would say you can only really do three things with a business. You can close it, you can pass it down to family, or you can sell it. The only three things you can do. So if you're on the edge, just give it a thought. What's the next generation going to do with all that you've built? It's going to be something you're going to pass down. Is it going to be something that continues on? something that's sold and uh, somebody else cultivates from this point forward. Either way, if you're not ready to change and adopt new mentalities and mindsets, then likely you're going to go out of business or you're going to get sold and acquired at a very, very, very low rate. So that's my thoughts on the first type of dealer. Second type of dealer, those who are going to sell. There has never been a better time to sell your dealership. The market's hot. Local groups are looking to acquire National groups are looking to acquire. Now's the time. Position your dealer best to do the best for what you've built, to do the best for all the people that depend on your dealership for a livelihood. Do right by them first. Find a partnership where your culture is aligned. Find a partnership where the opportunities that you've wanted to to give them and prove them remain intact and probably better off than they were before because you have the foresight and the understanding and the empathy and the actual care for the people on your team to make a decision that's a good fit for them. Because if it's not a good fit for them, transition's gonna happen, the wheels are gonna fall off, and sure, the dealership will continue to run, it's going to be upended and replaced with a new culture, so why not find, there are plenty of buyers out there, find one that aligns with your values. Go values first, and everything else, I believe, will fall into place. Number three. I already gave it away, no big secret. Those who are going to pass the dealership down to a family member. Have some interesting stories with number three. So I have a couple couple of uh, really great examples of this happening right now. Dealerships 
in the process of being passed on to the next generation really, really well. Let's talk about dysfunction for a second. You think there are any dysfunctional father-son relationships in the auto dealer world, right? Half of our audience just laugh because they're in one. And that's okay, right? Fatherhood is difficult. Fatherhood as a business leader and working together with your children, even more complicated and difficult. Hey, we're people. We got, we got issues, right? So we got problems. That's okay. It's okay to have problems. It's not okay to not talk about the problems. It's not okay to not really weigh what decisions are going to be affected by those problems and being transparent and honest. So if you are considering a generational pass down, then there's a lot of stuff to unpack in a lot of cases. So start unpacking it. And you know what? Usually underneath those issues, they're really driven by a, a really deep love for one another when you get past like the emotion of it. So Senator, we're getting kind of deep on the Dealers Compressed podcast today. But I'll tell you what, clarity on this issue is the most important thing, right? Because we work hard to provide for the ones we care about the most. So if you're in the third group, passing it down from generation to generation, now's a great time to just get honest and real and open-handed and open-minded. And I believe that dealerships that are passed down correctly or passed down in a healthy way from generation to generation are probably the most poised to crush it in the next 10 years. Because these these parents that are passing them down have also walked through quite the gauntlet. And if they've been doing it right, have been grooming their children. I mean, not like, hey, this is my son, the boss's son. He's your boss too. Like not that way, but in the way where it's like, hey, my son's going to work in this dealership. They're going to do time in parts and in detail and in service and in body shop and in sales and in F&I. And they really have groomed them well to take over and have them earn the respect of the organization those are the ones that are going to kill it. Man, I heard a story of a family dealer, and they were recently offered, it was a group, and they were offered top dollar for their dealership group. Top dollar. I mean, all the money for the blue sky, all the money for the assets. And the dealer principal, he's, you know, he's in that you know, third group that I was talking about. So looking to, you know, the, the sun's starting to set on his professional career as an auto dealer, looking at the next stage. And I'll tell you what, I mean, this is... This is all the money. I mean, this we're not talking we're not talking a few years worth of money. We're talking about money for your kids and grandkids, etc. And you know what they did? They said no. And they didn't say no because they're stubborn. They said no because they've been working for legacy and they've been working to groom the next generation to take over and I believe they're going to crush it more than they ever would have under an acquisition. So, that is actually happening and that's an example of a dealer who is resolved to pass things off well and resolve to continue the legacy. So that's one example. Back to these two real world examples of people that I know, you know, people that I've come to respect quite a bit in uh, working with them over the last years, you know, with, with the reconditioning company and just becoming friends, mentors, etc. Two groups. One group, I'm going to call them out by name. One group is the Sioka group in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. Just, you know, they're down in Philly a little. They just acquired a store in New Jersey. They are crushing it. So we have Greg Sr. and Greg Jr., let me say, that is a well-run organization, right? Sure, they have issues. Sure, they're trying to keep up. Sure, they're trying to change. But I've never seen an organization respect the son, quote-unquote, the son of the principal more than I do this group respects Greg Sioka Jr. And he's a young guy. I'm, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be in his 30s. I hope that's not a, I think he's in his 30s somewhere in there. Progressive-minded, sharp thinker. Dad's a sharp thinker, too. Doesn't fall far from the tree. Sharp thinker. And I'll tell you, I've met GM after GM after GM and salesmen and like they respect 
Greg Sioka Jr. Why? Because he cares for them and they see him as their future in this business because he's a sharp thinker. He cares about the industry. He cares about the organization. They are an example of a group who was on the hunt. They're saying, we are building out good process, great customer service, building out efficiency of scale. Let's be the acquirer. Acquirer. Yeah, that's how you say that. Acquirer. And so great example. They are and will continue to be a force to be reckoned with. Second group is a group up here in upstate New York where I call home in Syracuse called the Burdick Automotive Group, more known as a big shopping mall that was bought out and they brought all their dealerships back, all their franchises back called Driver's Village in Cicero, New York. Roger Burdick is in the process of passing the dealership off to his son, Brian, and um, had a great chance to spend a lot of time with them at NADA this year. And let me tell you, again, here's an example of a legacy-minded man who was groomed by his father, Glenn Burdick, and then it moved to Roger Burdick, who has really taken the ball forward in a way that his father probably never would have imagined. And now Roger has been grooming Brian, and Brian's a sharp kid too. And Brian's ready to tackle this new velocity-based industry with new thinking, and he has the respect of the organization. And I think they're going to crush it. Why? Because they're paying attention to what's going on, and they're deploying the legacy, but they're also deploying the name, they're deploying the knowledge, they're deploying the empathy. So there's two examples that I know of, and I don't know that many dealers. I mean, a couple hundred out of you know the tens of thousands. So they're all over the place. Those are two that came to top of mind as I talked about this. So to bring this to a conclusion, there are so many options going on right now in the industry, whether that's you're going to hang on there, you're going to be acquired, or you're going to continue the legacy of your group and maybe become the acquirer. The whole point of why we do the podcast, the whole point of why we talk about this stuff is hopefully get you to think one step further and just be real with yourself. I talk about clarity all the time. I want this podcast to bring clarity to at least maybe invoke a little thought that will lead to clarity in these things. Until you can get honest with yourself and say, where am I? Where do I want to be? What am I willing to do to get there? Until you can do that, then you're just you're just swinging the bat. You're not even looking at the ball. So I hope that this podcast helps you do that. If you know someone in this boat, I hope you'll share the podcast with them and say, hey, here's what's going on. Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. And um, we've got some great, exciting news coming up soon. There's a lot of changes going on. About to come to market with a brand new offering and uh, some big changes in the auto reconditioning side of the business. And love to talk about them. Going to be talking about them probably next week. Maybe. Maybe you'll see it in the news before then. Either way, thank you for listening. We appreciate the attention and we hope it brings value to you and the people that you care about and the people that you work to provide for in this industry, hoping that we can all take a step forward together because what fun is it doing anything by yourself? It's fun to do it with community. So thanks for listening to the Dealers Compressed podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly. Talk to you next week.